So I'm, I'm going to make a to-do list for every day because I've realized that I think I don't feel like I get enough stuff done, even if I get stuff done. And if I have a list and I can check that stuff off, then at the end of the day, I can be like, okay, you did do a lot of stuff today and you did things that you were supposed to do that you wanted to do. Otherwise, I don't feel like I got anything done and then I get pissy. So I'm trying to be less pissy. Well, that's good for everybody. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it takes a checklist to do that, then, and then so be it. So on my to-do list is to make a to-do list. <laughs> that's the first Number thing. one. Number one. <laughs> to make it. Make but I want to make a daily list. one. I want it because I know that things fluctuate during the week. Well, you can't get past, if you can't get past step one. Anything, you know, like I think that's kind of like how they work the 12 step program, too. You have to get through step one. Admitting so. that I need a to do list. <laughs> now, 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 now you said you're making yourself feel better just by saying, well, I thought I've admitted that I need it. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Right. And now you're saying you're going to you're going to do it. I recognize that I had a problem and I'm acknowledging it publicly. Right. I'm acknowledging it to you. So, oh, we're public now? We're recording? Oh, I don't know. Yes. Yes. We. I guess we are. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it was always before, this is interesting, uh, when we've recorded in the past, and, mm-hmm. and this is going back uh, 10, 10 plus years now, uh-huh. uh, it was always like having a beer when we were recording. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We did that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Probably more than We did a beer podcast. Well, I was going to say, we we, a, it was like a requirement for the beer podcast. daily beer, my stupid head, my dumb mind. I'm like, oh, yo, this is going to be a good idea. You know what mm-hmm. we should do? Just do a different beer every day. In theory, it sounds great. Oh, in theory, it's wonderful, right? Until you're, you're given the task of mm. finding a different beer every day. Is it possible? Well, absolutely. Now more so than, than then. Oh yeah. Because we have more access. Seven years ago now. Yeah. We have more access to places that have a much, much wider uh, selection before we were driving 20, 25 minutes, you know, just to go somewhere that might have new beer. Right. Yeah. Well now, now what I was thinking though, is that getting away from the whole daily beer thing uh, and not even having beer as much as we used to, as mm-hmm. we uh, continue to explore the idea of moving to Europe mm-hmm. at some point. And we've been watching a lot, especially with Spain, Yes, uh, as we were talking about earlier, is uh, the drink of choice a lot is vermouth. Yeah, we've learned we've learned a lot of things like that know, the I tourists. Don't, I don't mind vermouth is what I've learned. <laughs> The tourists drink the sangria. It's the actual uh, people who live there that are drinking vermouth or they're, they're drinking these mixes of red wine with other things. Well, but, you would think now, now that I think about it, this whole taste of vermouth, uh-huh. uh, I, I always question the uh, red wine mixed with soda or something like that. But now mm-hmm. if you take that and say, like, if I put some grape soda with a, a cheap red wine, mm-hmm. I, th- I can definitely get that same taste out of this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's something that is uh, far, I guess, healthier, you know, as we go through this and um, get ready, you know, in the next couple of years to look into moving like that. Uh, and also the health things we've been going through. Uh, you, not as much as me. I mean, you had, well, the last different. Thing, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you had, a, 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 I guess, a stomach thing, but that was brought on by diet. Oh, yeah. I made a lot of bad decisions all in one day. I mean, I live a basically... I loved a pescatarian lifestyle. Which, and for I, those that don't know, that is not a religion. 
<laughs> Although you would think it is, by the way, some people try to remind you that it's not as bad as vegan. Oh, no, let's the say. vegans are the ones who like. I know they have the like... bad reputation, but who wants to make it's that's an easy target, right? It's just if you have a certain uh, diet, mm-hmm. uh, some people do the whole caveman thing. I know a, a very, very famous guitar, uh, a guitar friend of ours mm-hmm. who uh, that's all he eats. And when I'm talking about that, like every morning for breakfast, yeah, we'll order from Massive five amounts guys. of meat. Well, five guys, but no bun. But we're talking about like three or four burgers with cheese and just just all meat. And and mm-hmm. yet, you know, he's been fairly healthy as far as I know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, it, whatever works for whoever. But, yeah, you basically have lived the whole pescatarian, which is mostly seafood. Every once in a while, you decide to uh, go off that and, and have maybe some burnt ends or something like that. And then you're sick for three or four days. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> well, and, and this true. time I just... I had a little too much to drink and I just made bad decisions that included not only multiple types of meat, some of them deep fried. And then I followed up with a boat ton of sugar and an hoka seltzer. And that is what you need to make your stomach literally explode. Yeah, well, well, well you're st- <laughs> hang on, hang on. Don't use that word literally I'm sorry, because your, your stomach didn't literally it, explode. Yeah, no, my stomach did not literally hang explode, on. but it was. I'm the one that had hernia surgery. If you want to talk something that literally exploded. This is is such a gross conversation. Do you you understand? This is why I have been so embarrassed by the whole thing. Mm -hmm. You're right. It is a gross conversation. It's bothersome. I know a lot of guys have to go through this. Some guys have it happen when they're younger, when they're in sports. Uh Uh-huh. And and there is is a a sense of, for me, it was a sense of shame to it because it's just a disgusting thing when you're thinking about literally something through your intestinal wall is pushing through muscle that it's not supposed to. Uh-huh. Now, I don't, you know, I, I don't understand the people who and, and my sister, she works in the medical field. And yeah. She's finishing up being a doctor. Right. I just I could never wrap my head around as a kid getting into that type of field. I mean, like, you know, we're doing what we're supposed to do, Mm -hmm. obviously based on what we did when we were younger in life. And this has led us to doing this. It's a total progression. It makes sense. Yes. I could never see myself going down that medical road because, and I couldn't put a worm on a hook today. If someone asked me to, (laughs) are you kidding me? Nah, I'm good, bro. I'm good. Like, yeah, I'm not that guy. So it's just not what I, I, so I all due respect to those in the medical field. When you talk about something, Yes, that's what I went through. Now, I, I did have hernia surgery, and that mm-hmm. was uh, a, a week ago today. Yeah, that's uh, crazy. At, at this point, uh, a week ago, I was lying on the couch uh, in and out of uh, uh, pain mm-hmm. uh, and well, consciousness and taking a lot of pain medication mm-hmm. and lying with frozen dog food on my groin. <laughs> Great ice packs. Farmer's dog, by the hey, way. Great by the ice way, packs. Farmer's dog, if you, if you want a sponsorship, I will tell you, I will give you one that you am a market you have not touched yet. Talk about man's best friend. I will tell you the farmer's dog, that that ice pack, because it tends to it, it comes in kind of a uh, not a necessary tube. It's almost like an ice pack shape, mm-hmm. I guess you would say, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, we have uh, a lot of those in the freezer because we have two dogs. And so we were rotating those out. Uh, my wonderful wife, nurse, who was taking care of me in this entire time. And again, thank you so much. Uh, but so, you know, that was a week ago today. And uh, by now, I'm I'm basically fine. Yeah. Yeah. Which I know we've talked about before that I have this weird regenerative power. Uh, they seem fairly impressed at the doctor, not by what they touched, but uh, by my... <laughs> 
you your would healing think, powers. You would think that it would be fun to have your your uh, private parts, you know, fondled, uh, but it's not. It's it's not, not in, that fun. Yeah, not in that environment. I had I, it happen to me. Uh, this is not the first time when I <laughs> and then when I, in my wonderful world of broadcasting, and I think back to 2006, I'm in State College, Pennsylvania, uh, and I'm doing a, uh, a battle of the bands of some Penn State thing. I can't even really remember. What I do remember is that I found out that a torsion is not some sort of model from Ford. A torsion <laughs> is when a testicle gets twisted and you have swelling because that happened to me while I was there. Maybe my jeans were a little tight. I don't know. Right. But I ended up in the emergency room with a nurse fondling me and telling me, oh, that doesn't feel good. Yeah, I know you, you're from your side. It doesn't feel good. Trust me. In here, it doesn't feel that great either. Uh, and so now later in life, I have this uh, again where, you know, if, if guys, if you've ever been through it, there's a, there's a lot of uh, strangers, you know, touching you around down there and 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 shaving and point. You know, I don't know. Once they put me under, maybe there's pointing and laughing, too. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't have the memories. I just know that it's weird when uh, my doctor and God bless him. And I can't even think of his name right now. Uh, Ramshaw, Dr. Mm -hmm. Ramshaw. I want to say thanks to him. It was just total professional uh, beginning then made me uh, feel very comfortable with the mm -hmm. entire procedure. But what is that? Did I just flatline there for a second? Did something go off where I flatline? <laughs> that was my chair. Oh, OK. That scared me. There. I just making sure the medical thing. Uh, doctor. Yes. That, OK. All right. I got it. It's the chair. Uh, Dr. Ramshaw, I want to say thank you. Uh, again, made me feel very comfortable. But it's very weird when a, a gentleman in his 60s is, is signing his initials on your right groin. That, that's an awkward <laughs> position to be. As a guy, I don't know. As a woman, maybe there's something to that. But I think there was a whole uh, cult based around that. I don't, think anybody has I don't ever know if signed. I joined Nexus. Maybe while I was I under, I, am I? I got to look at these stitches. Do I have like someone's initials stitched into me? <laughs> I doubt it. All right. And the other thing that I had to go through at the same time is, uh, and I've been going through this now. Uh, let's go back to November. Uh -huh. uh, I had a tooth pulled and I, it, we've talked about this on the show. You can go back and find other episodes. You can find it on Gen FM where we've talked about my trips to this dentist. And I have had it. You know how high what, I'm a six foot guy, right? About six feet tall. Mm -hmm. Well, I've had it to about five foot ten uh, of dealing with this dentist. That's right about where my mouth is. Well, right? hang on, hang on. It's not It's not the dentist. It's mm. the dentist office because you like yes, the dentist she's because... Wonderful. She's she's a nice person and, and I appreciate she has small hands. Yes. Hey, look, first of all, <laughs> you're going in there. I, I, I talked about the medical thing. Anyone working in that profession, I appreciate you working in the dental field. What the hell is wrong with you? What is going in your head? What is it, How did that become a thing where you're like, you know what I want to do? I want to help people. That's usually... Usually, why people go to There's the medical field. There's lots of way to help people. We're make... helping people right now. You want to help people by sticking your fingers in a stranger's mouth? Not only a stranger's mouth, <laughs> but a diseased <laughs> mouth of a stranger. Now put that. Thank in, God it, somebody does it. One hundred percent. I appreciate it. I just don't. Either, we we all are wired differently, right? Mm -hmm. And thankfully, somebody does it. But the the dentist, she's wonderful. She has small hands. I actually, I think, and I've I've worked through this. Uh, as I've been going to see her is that I have the memories as a child and I'm talking six, seven, eight years old mm -hmm. of Dr. Bungo. And that was his name. And all I can remember, and you're talking about like the early 80s. Uh -huh. So put yourself in a dentist's office in the early 80s. Basically, there are three colors, orange, brown and green. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and some highlights magazines there. You know, and it just. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and it just, it just bad, bad memories of paneling and a guy coming out in a smock that maybe has some stains on it. And I can also just I can remember not cleanly shaven. 
right? Mm-hmm. And, and these big fat sausage fingers. It's almost like a weird Willy Wonka memory. You know what uh-huh. I'm saying? Like, so I just said it really was this bad thing for, for dentistry, why I avoided it. Now I appreciate She's a, a a young female. She has small hands. Mm-hmm. So and she's very fast at what she does. She does great work. However, the office that staff that is there are garbage. <laughs> wow. Listen, how many times have I been there? Yeah. And they have either uh scheduled the wrong procedure. Uh-huh. Uh, done something where I've literally waited in the waiting room for an hour, sat in the chair and came in and said, oh, I'm sorry, we don't have the parts here to replace this tooth that we pulled out. It was at that point mm-hmm. uh, five months ago. And now here we are into August. So, I mean, we are literally nine months into this process. Ten. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. The, the whole thing is it's so frustrating. And as I'm there this last time and they're finalizing i finally have the tooth in everything's great the last thing i had had a few cavities and i again have not been to the dentist since i was a kid i i, I get it I, let's get this taken you care had of. a good run i i, did, I think you had I've a great got, run i think i've been pretty good and i'm like okay it's time to get the get it back in the shop let's get it cleaned up let's get it going again right <laughs> this last time when i'm there uh i find out that quote unquote the computer has gone down mm-hmm and that means that they can't pull up any of your records, x-rays, x-rays, or anything that they've done in the past. They're mm-hmm. just basically going by memory. So this is a time where I'm supposed to have more than one filling uh, taken care of. And they started guessing as to what ones <laughs> needed to be done. In fact, the doctor looked at what was on the paper and she said, I don't see any damage on the number that's written down there. If you don't know, they number your teeth, you know. And so yeah. she then gets her cell phone out, takes a picture of another tooth in my head and says, well, since you already paid for it, <laughs> why do I feel like a used car every time I get something <laughs> medical? Done? Since you already paid for it. I mean, while you're here, uh, I'm going to go ahead and do this one. <laughs> All right. And, and and what type of position are you in to argue as you're as you're lying there with, with instruments your in your air. mouth? Yeah, I might as well have my feet in the stirrups at this point, right? Mm. I have I have <laughs> I'm I'm surrounded by by women. I'm overpowered that way. They've already numbed up. Oh, and by the way, <laughs> oh yeah, by face. the way, yeah, they, the side of my face they had started to numb mm-hmm. where they thought they were going to be doing the the filling, and oh no, we don't need to do a filling there anymore. So I ended up with the entire side of my face filled with Novocaine. Uh, they do the procedure where she took a picture, shows me from her cell phone. I don't know if she takes that home as some sort of kink. I <laughs> I, that did go through I my head. I hope so. I, I well, really hope so. You know so. what? That makes me feel good. If my diseased tooth helps her a little bit, then that makes, I'll, I'll yeah, go, the, I'll, I like I'll keep going, I'll like keep going story. back for that. I'll keep going back oh for that. God. Now I enjoy this relationship <laughs> that much more. Uh, <laughs> Don't you want to take a picture? <laughs> like, so, the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> come on, take a picture. Come on. Uh, as I'm getting up from the chair, doctor thanks me. And I thank her, no problem. And I even discussed my fears with her. I told her about Doctor Bongo when I was younger, uh-huh. and she and she listened to them. And that's and that's good. A good doctor patient relationship. Mm-hmm. And as I get up, the the assistant then says, "Okay, well, we need to schedule you for that other tooth." And I said, wait a minute, wait, the doctor just said she didn't see any damage there. Uh-huh. Why would I come back to get that done? She said, oh, no, you definitely need it done. And, and I was just stunned. And my, my numb face saying, no, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to schedule that. I'm not doing it. All right? I'm just not going to do it. 
And then she's walking me out to the front desk and she's like, well, let's get you scheduled to get that one come back and look at it in about four weeks. All right, all right, that's right, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not getting that feeling. You, you, you're <laughs> get that feeling. And then she stops and says, oh, computers are down. I, I, I guess I can't schedule anything for you. We'll call you. And this has now been over a week and I haven't gotten the call. So uh, I, I don't know if we'll be going back to them or not, but may, you gave me another reason to want to go back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, the reason I mention all this is because it's this uh, process of, of aging. My birthday happened as well mm-hmm. through all of this. Uh, 48 has been an interesting one for me. If we start here with all this medical stuff at the beginning of 48, hopefully the rest of the oh, year. Oh, yeah. I guess that was the first year, your first, like birthday week. Yay. If, that, if that's like, <laughs> yeah, if this is like an oil change and I haven't changed the oil in a while. Right. <laughs> So if I got that much, that much mileage mm-hmm. out of it before I went in for an oil change. And You're I had, good for a while. I, yeah, I, I think I'm going to be good for a while. And our guest Floss. this week, I had a chance. I, I am flossing. I'm using those little uh, picks that you got. I, I, I like those. Those are good. <laughs> our guest this week, I had a chance to catch up with him uh, earlier this week. And man, what a great conversation over yeah. half an hour. And uh, afterwards, you and I talked about it. it was almost like talking with an older brother mm-hmm. uh, and a guy who I haven't talked to. I mean, it was it was a radio tour, a passing thing. And it's literally been, I would say, 15 to 20 years since I talked to him. But when we caught up, it, it was like old times. And it, and it really gets to what we talked about as you as you mature and you find your way through life. And there's a way to heal with humor and and make your life better and win with that. And it's Mm -hmm. not just through doing comedy, you know, or or performance. That's something that can really help you in your life. And really, if you, you know, if you can laugh at yourself Mm -hmm. and if you can give someone else a laugh, being able to share that, that can really multiply. And that, and that value is, is something that I think is missing from a lot of people. Craig Shoemaker and I get into that and his winning with humor philosophy and his 40 plus year career. What an mm-hmm. amazing conversation it was. Uh, thank you, Craig. Appreciate it. And uh, earlier this week, Craig Shoemaker joins Gen X.FM. Craig, I appreciate you making time. Oh, my pleasure. Here oh. in the middle of a hurricane of the century. <laughs> <laughs> that's that was the first thing i was gonna say before we get anywhere i mean literally a hurricane coming through uh southern california how are you doing <laughs> well uh the media really played this up to be the hurricane with uh floods and listen i made a career out of exaggerating my inches so um <laughs> apparently that's what's been done here well, as a resident of Florida, of course, uh, you know, th- thoughts go out to you guys. And and yes, we get used to it a lot over here where there's a lot of talk <laughs> before the storm comes through. And then you, you kind of, you know, you kind of ignore it when it comes through. Now, last year we got hit hard after thinking it wasn't going to be anything. So you just never know, right? You never know. And now I know where all my batteries are. I know where every <laughs> flashlight is in the house. So it's great. I got the whole, I put I pulled out a prep kit. I didn't even know I had, <laughs> we were ready. I had my little transistor radio, by the way. There are no radio stations available, so I don't know what good that does. So I was fully way more ready than I've ever been for anything. And basically, it was a nothing burger. Uh, so what are you going to do? I am. I now know where everything is. So it was, a, it was a chance. I think it was a chance for people that have clutter, hoarders, to organize themselves. So there you go. That's what it was. That's what it was meant to be. Well, I was going to say, now you get to look forward to putting everything away again. So that that's the good part. He's all organized exactly. to put it back away. If only that were false. (laughs) I have everything all over the place. My kids, we're all hunkered down, ready to go. 
Uh, we're going to actually tell stories to one another. Mm -hmm. I had all these things planned by candlelight, like Abe Lincoln was ready to roll, but nothing. <laughs> uh, one little flicker of power, and I didn't even feel the earthquake. So disappointed. Yeah. Well, now between stand-up comedy, movies, TV, Netflix, and Amazon, now it's over four decades in the business, but growing up in the 70s, Craig Shoemaker, what are your first memories of show business? Actually, I was a a product of a single mom. I, 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 well, she had to do something. I, I had a dad at one time, but he left when I was born. Something I said, wah, and he was gone. But uh, I, my whole goal was when I would watch television was just look for fathers and look for husbands for my mother. That was my entire goal. So anything I would watch. And my mom always got a kick out of Paul Lind. He was the center square. Sure. Yeah. Uncle Arthur, I'm bewitched, come out of a toaster. I love this guy. My mom loved him. I'm going, perfect stepdad, perfect <laughs> husband. And I wrote him letters. Dear Mr. Lynn, uh, I heard you're a confirmed bachelor. Meet my mother. You'll unconfirm in a minute. <laughs> so, wow. Uh, and I said, uh, does Toady Fields really have a wooden leg? How do you get in those squares? I was so fascinated with this. I was a little kid, you know, and that's how you think when you're a kid. You have, just have these... It's, I wish I could go back to those times. They're so innocent when you had these thoughts that it didn't matter. You weren't shamed for having the wrong thoughts, like no miners allowed in the bar. I thought it meant coal miners. They wouldn't give them a drink. They were dirty, you know, serial killers. I thought they were down the aisle of the grocery store. I thought it was Captain Crunch or the Lucky Charms guy. They were the serial killers. It was something like I had all these misconceptions. But it didn't matter. And now everything does matter because they'll, they'll, they'll tweet it out. You're a moron. Yeah. So. Yeah. Your misconception gets uh, used against you as fodder. Now, people of a certain age have no idea what it was like in the 70s and 80s prior to cable TV. I mean, you can talk about the Internet and all that. But before cable TV, you had three major networks, unless you lived in a big city like Philadelphia. You know, you maybe yeah. had some independence or something like that. Did you ever right. reach out to Mike Douglas and try and get him hooked up with your mom? Mike Douglas, who was married. I could tell you every. Everyone who's married, by the way, and also baseball cards. I can tell you, I can t still to this day tell you that Larry Boa is married to Shayna Boa. So he was off the list of people that I would try to fix up with all the Phillies. I went through, I still have a ruler, this ruler of the Phillies where I, I erased them if they were, if they were married. So Tim McCarver was a catcher for the Phillies. And I said, mom, you should meet this guy. I'm a pitcher and he's a catcher. He could teach me how to pitch in the backyard, marry you. She goes, he doesn't want me. And I wrote him a letter. Dear Tim McCarver, here's my mother in her belly dancing outfit picture. You know, I mean, I and so years later, it tells you how things work in life. I met Joe Buck. He saw my show and he became like a friend and fan. I told Joe Buck that story. He's a longtime partner of, of uh, Tim McCarver. Next time you see Joe Buck, he hands me a ball signed by Tim McCarver. And it says, dear son, time to grow up. <laughs> Love dad, a.k.a. Tim McCarver. So, yeah. I'm telling you, sometimes things take time in life. You know, Grand Canyon wasn't made in a day. So there's a divine plan out there. I never did meet him, though, and he passed away recently. Actually, this is really odd. He passed away within months of my real father. Wow. Passing away. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that my, crazy. my almost dad and my, my dream father. Well, well, both are almost dads. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you were coming up, though, I mean, going through uh, college, this is a time of explosion for comedy and stand up. Yeah, Did your focus yeah. change when you were in college? Because I know that you went for TV and film. Did you see mm -hmm. the explosion of stand up and be like, OK, now I can pursue this? Or is that always going to be part of the package for you? 
I wasn't quite sure. I thought I would be in broadcasting. I, I actually wrote that down in ninth grade. I did not write stand-up down. I thought maybe weatherman. I could be funny. There was a funny weatherman in Philadelphia that I grew up watching. He was amazing. This guy, Jim O'Brien, he passed away in a, actually a terrible accident, uh, parachuting. And uh, his daughter became famous, actually. His daughter was Roz on the Frasier show. That was okay. his daughter. Sure. And he he was my idol. I I looked like him. I wanted to be him. So very, very funny. He was the first funny weather guy, but he wasn't like wacky weather guy. He was like really smart about it. So I wanted to be like him. And uh, that's kind of the route that I took. But then I started doing stand-up. I worked in a law firm and I and I performed in the lunchroom. And then this guy says, Hey, you want to open for me this weekend or next weekend or whatever it was uh, I, for his band. And I went between sets of the band and I, I got like maybe a half a laugh. And I, I was like, it was like crack. I'm, I'm into this. <laughs> so I just stay with it ever since it put me through college. Actually comedy put me through college. I even performed at the president's inauguration, the president of the school. I had all these parking tickets. I parked in his spot, by the way, with my ambulance, I had an old Cadillac <laughs> ambulance. I parked in his spot. And I and I did comedy to get rid of the tickets, and I did. I was I was doing celebrity smoking pot. I was a college guy. That was my material, right? You know, I, was, I was doing curly for the Three Stooges on the floor of this guy's <laughs> this guy's black tie affair. <laughs> you know, just, I remember seeing their shiny shoes when I was on the floor writhing around like curly. Going, <laughs> oh my god, what are you doing? What are you? What are you doing? And yeah, I mean, comedy's got me through everything, being really resilient in life. I've had a lot of difficulties, uh, obstacles and things that have happened to me, but it all happened for me because here I am, you know, thriving and I I just love life. I mean, I, I still enjoy making people laugh. I'm, I like making people happy. That's my, that leads to my happiness. Other people, like I get front row to Lakers and stuff like that. It's bringing people there. Yeah. And watching them take this in, I, I it's not about me anymore. It's that's just the way I'm living my life. I know that when uh, you see younger kids at your show, there are so many different places to go now for them. Uh, YouTube, TikTok, all these other digital platforms to start from. But when you started, there weren't a whole lot of paths for someone either to get to being into acting or comedy celebrity. Let's just say it really was. You start in the clubs, you get five minutes, maybe you work on 20. Somebody might see you, give you a chance in a national audience and it grows from there. Do you think it was easier then, harder now, or is it just different? You know, this is a compliment to you. I've never been asked that question. I, I And I don't even know that I've contemplated. I've certainly seen <clears throat> I'm trying to kind of catch up with, you know, stay current with not only material, I mean, obviously that, but even how to promote and market. Yeah. And that's been the thing that I don't like the most. When right. I was younger, I was actually known as being a big marketer. You know, I did it postcards. I would send postcards to fans and I would get their actual snail mail addresses, put a what's called a stamp on this thing. And it is so beyond anyone's scope of reason now that they would think that you would ever do that now. Right. And it's so funny. It's how I actually got pretty big at one time. And now to keep up is just because it changes. The paradigm changes almost daily. And we have such a short attention span. Uh, I don't even know how people do uh, keep an audience or sustain and scale. It's very, very hard. And I what's, what sucks about it to this 
this is what I do think from my old school perspective, old, old fart is I do think they're missing out now. They're missing out on storytelling. They're missing out on nuance. They're missing out on depth because they're so quick to go, okay, that's not right. Or that's not, I'm not feeling that, or, you know, this person's inappropriate or whatever it is. They, they don't have any sense of self mm -hmm. and therefore no sense of humor. And the humor is very uh, basic. And I really do enjoy telling a good story and the audiences are still responding. That's for sure. The ones who show up, they really dig it. And, you know, standing ovations, I'm only one who gets all these standing ovations and stuff. And I think that they're showing their appreciation for something they're not seeing anymore. Right. With a TikTok star who's, you know, crashing a, you know, can on his head or whatever right, right, it is. Right. Well, ha, 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 you know, look at this. How, how many views did it get? So what how do the views translate into something that you can really have in your life that's healing, that's energetic, that's beautiful and it's resonant within your body and your spirit? Where is that? You know, right. where is that? So that's, I think what's missing. And, you know, you're we talking about the old television shows. We had very few choices. So it had to be really high quality, yeah. like a Mary yeah. Tyler Moore. You know, we sat around together as a family and watched Mary Tyler Moore. Right. And you, you're with your parents and you didn't understand certain things. They laugh and make you laugh. But then you learned how to understand those things. So yesterday during the big storm of 2023, epic storm, I was actually with my kids nine and the, the nine-year-old and the 13-year-old watching old classics that I watched when I was younger. So we watched the following and they liked every one of them. Back to the Future 1, Back to the Future 2. They resisted instinctually. They saw the preview for Back to the Future 3 and said, no, they wouldn't do that. So we went over to Spaceballs. Ah. So, and there they are. There they are laughing at some sophisticated stuff. And I had to tell them what certain things meant. And they were there, and I love that they were because now they're off of all their other stuff that they do that's distracting and just not very uh, – That there's just not a lot of depth. Yeah, bringing them into that old stuff. Something I read about you, and tell me if this is true. Your first late-night experience. Was it the Pat Sajak show? Is that true? Yeah. The Pat and I mean, that, that's a moment in time, right? You really talk about and it, this is as cables coming up or whatever. But Pat Sajak, that was your first late night. I, I don't experience. even think it was a moment in time. It was more of a moment. <laughs> it was that sure. It was more of a moment in time. <laughs> I, uh, so <laughs> it was a very, that show was short lived. And uh, yeah, if you want to have a successful show, uh, bring me on and I will take that down. Rick Dees was another one I did. I oh, did all the uh, show too. <laughs> I was on Magic Johnson. I was his co-host. You know, that didn't last. It was one of the shortest shows in history next to Chevy Chase. I'm surprised Chevy didn't have me on. So, uh, yeah, Pat Sajak had me on his show where he was like on fire, you know, with Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. Yeah. And he um, had me on. He was a fan or whatever. And I, I loved you know, doing a late night shot. But here's the thing with late night television. I've done a lot of it. It's not my race. You know how yeah. most people yeah. are, you know, yeah. you, look, you're a sprinter. You're a marathoner. I'm a marathoner. Like to really bring people in. Plus, I don't have the kind of look that people go, oh, that's a comedian. I'm not bleeding from the word go. You know what I mean? I'm not a minority. I'm not heavy. You know, just, you know, you're going, oh, this guy you know, sold me insurance last week. You know? <laughs> so, or, or this guy bowls with my dad or, you know, one of those things. So I've got to bring them into being funny in a way that uh, has, you know, much more texture to it. And 
I, I take them into a story. So if you're reading a book, you don't know what the author looks like. Right. Right. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I'm doing is here's chapter one, here's chapter two, and each thing leads to the next. So, and the other thing is I like to be a reverent, obviously television, they're very restrictive on a network television. It's obviously it's, they've stretched that a bit yeah. in recent times, but this was 1989, I believe, or 90. Yeah. Right. Uh, the Pat Sajak show. And, you know, they've got standards and practices that are all over you. You can't say certain things. And what's funny about that is, and I, I actually coach now, I'm doing a lot of coaching is sometimes you got to do a turnaround. Sometimes you have to ad lib or be spontaneous. And that's where the real creation comes in. Where one time I was uh, about to go on to a television show, Evening at the Improv, it was called. And I saw someone do the same reference on something. I talked about sugar. I remember you used to eat cereal. You pile the sugar on sure. layer after right. layer after layer. You eat some, another layer. Right? I don't know if you did that with your sugar. But I piled on sugar on my cereal. And that was the bid was about that. And it get to the bottom. And what, whatever my reference was at the time, it was the same reference as another comedian used. So you got to be really ready to yeah. write. Yeah. And I wrote a, a better term for it. I said that bottom where you get to that glucose quicksand. And, and I came up with that term on the spot, walking on stage. Right, right, right. I had to adjust. And that's the thing that, again, I don't know that there's a lot of a uh, sense of self going on right now where people are working on themselves to be able to create and tap into their creator that really moves them in certain directions. It's a lot of copying. It's a lot of, okay, what's this going to get me? Right, right, right. As opposed to how can I share what's going on inside of me with others? So I think there's a perspective there. And I don't know the weather go back. I don't know if there's going to be a, like a retro thing that goes on. You know, I'll be considered retro. So I'll take it. doesn't matter. That so pendulum, that pendulum yeah. always swings one way or another. And you talk about changing. That's not something I had planned, but you had mentioned Paul Lynn before. What kind of yeah. full circle moment was it for you when you later end up on Hollywood Squares? How did mom feel about you being center square? I, I, that's so funny you should say that it really, and you termed it full circle. It was one of the great moments of my life. I was asked to be on the Hollywood, the new Hollywood scores, yeah. Whoopi Goldberg. She asked me, and she's been amazing for me in my career, by the way. Uh, one of the very few people in Hollywood that is not a transactional friend. She, maybe I am to her because I, she's got me three different things where she really, you know, fought for me and just such a sweetheart. She was the center square. So I couldn't be the center square, but I was on 75 episodes. And my dream was to be the first, me and Paul Lind, I, he would adopt me. And we would be the first father and son team on the Hollywood squares. That was my dream. Together? Yeah, in a box together, like Waylon and Madam. A little turtleneck for you, a little gold chain. <laughs> nice. and, he, and, and he's got the ascot. And uh, so my dream was somebody would say, I'd like Craig and Paul Lind for the win, please. And we'd be in the box going, he'd say, take it, son. It's a sports <laughs> question. <laughs> that was my dream. So Whoopi let me go there in the commercial break. She would let me go sit with her. I would sit, I would sit on her lap like she was Paul Lynn and she would do Paul Lynn. <laughs> and, uh, during, so I, it was a full circle. And the only thing is I'm not a big celebrity, so nobody knows me. So it was always Craig Shoemaker to block. Right. Never like the, the first one. You know, who, who are you going to go to? I like Craig Shoemaker to start things off. And, uh, you know, and no, I was always like used for the 
One time I'm looking at the monitor. I'm like, the only way to go. She's like, mm, I'll take Antonio Banderas. <laughs> so, rather than pronounce Shoemaker, which people say Schumacher. But anyway, yeah, all these little dreams have happened. And that's what I also coach is, you know, nothing, nothing stops me. You know, nothing, even the the modern way of marketing and getting people to go. I it, It's just and difficulties and things like ex-wives and stuff like that. It's just like, just keep getting up, keep getting up, thrive and survive and keep making people happy uh, around me. It really does lead to such a beautiful feeling inside when there is that connection that takes place. Even, even today with you, like this is one of the starts of my day here. And, you know, I've been up for a little while, but you're like the first, you know, real person besides family that I'm talking to. And you're like laughing and having a good time. You did your research as well, which is really cool. And it's a conversation and those things, again, a lost art. Yes. Have a conversation. Yes. It's not on a text. I just talked to a guy this morning and he completely misread and I misread his texts. Yeah. Now you're off and running on a whole other thing. And sometimes you can even get rid of people based on one word. I mean, I've had a lot of mistakes I've made too. I mean, I told a guy I was driving and I shouldn't text, but I said, I'm driving, assuming he won't keep texting me because I'm right. in the driving range. I'm waiting for you. You know, we have a tea time, all this stuff. And then finally I got back to him. I'm trying to drive while I'm texting and the L is next to the K and I had big thumbs. And what it came out was when I get there, I'm going to lick your ass. And uh, <laughs> he, he wasn't there when I got there. I don't know what was up it didn't take you up on the offer. Yeah, yeah, and I had a, I had an office on Via Colinas mm-hmm. is the name, right? I swear to you, at least eight out of ten. I could do it right now on my phone if you want to see it. It came out. I don't know how vehicle anus. So I've sent people to vehicle <laughs> anus a number of times. <laughs> so I had it happen to me. There was a guy who was uh I was getting ready to move. We're selling stuff out from the house. We're moving from the east coast to Kansas City in a radio job. And so I'm getting rid of the big screen TV guy. I, I send him a thing. It's a GPS won't get you to the house. Call me. I'll tell you how to get up the driveway. Yeah, exactly. And so he pulls up and gets out of the car. First of all, I'm regretting this right away. You see the person, you wish someone else is there to see them. You're just like, oh my God. I'm So he says, what did you mean? He can't get you here. I said, oh, the GPS, you know, it just drops you off. <laughs> I explained to him. He's like, I talked to him. He tells me I should not get a tattoo of the Ark of the Covenant on my back. Craig, this is 100% true. My wife is in the house. And this is the moment where you want to go, hey, there's a crazy guy out here. Come here. But you can't. So you just keep having the conversation. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go get the TV, bring it out here. I'm like, just get the guy away. I pick my phone back up and I realize that my phone has autocorrected GPS to God. So he got a text that said, God will not bring you here. And he had some sort of religious yeah, moment <laughs> buying a used TV. That is a true story. He tells me what to do. The Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. Oh, but that's hilarious. Wow. Uh, yeah. And it goes to show you, yeah, we got to double check things now. And as opposed to a conversation, you very rarely have to go, well, let me go back. I made a mistake with my words on that, on yes. that one. It's why I let it was like radio, you know, it did it for 30 years and it became shorter and shorter and shorter. And you can't have these conversations. You can't get to know people. It's all broken down. If you're talking more than two minutes now, they don't want you to talk. So then everything else is just background noise because everyone else can play the same music if they want. So there's no personality anymore. So 
why don't we just go do this on our own where I can have good conversations with people I want to talk to? Yeah. Yeah. That's what happened with the uh, radio and yeah. which I, I love radio. I've loved radio my life and that's exactly what I wanted to do and had my own radio show. And how do you stay connected with people now? I mean, it doesn't happen even through podcasts, you don't really stay connected. Some people have live callers and stuff like that, or, but there's, it's just not the same. It's a daily thing where you can, you know, that that person's there for you, like a family member, you know, you wake up and the, go to the morning show that you pay attention to their bits and their skits. And their, that connection is just gone. Bean counters took it away. They just took it based on numbers and, and now the stats say I when I do interviews on FM radio, they actually say, "Oh, we only have a minute and a half." I'm like, "What?" You know, that's like, "Hello, Craig, nice to see you." I mean, it is and where that, are you going to be? Like yeah. that. So I have to, I have to jam it, jam it in, yeah. you know. And uh, that's not that's not great for any sort of uh, texture nuance. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. But you know, look. Complaining about it's one thing, you know, we can grouse and all that, but just adjust. And that's what life is. We just have to continually adjust and transform, never stay the same. So it's great to get the challenges. Like I got glucose quicksand is my challenge. You know, it still goes on and it really, really engages us in a way that I do think there's a lot of mindlessness. Mindfulness is really important to me. Again, this is one of the things I teach in the course is how to be mindful and present and they'll benefit from it. You benefit a lot from it, uh, much more than just this very temporary fix that you were. And it's a fix and I'm guilty. Oh my God. I scroll like a madman. Now, unfortunately it's starting to know me, which is scary. They said, turn off your microphones. You know, you got to right, turn right, off. Right, yeah. because It's listening to you. It's listening to me right now, I guess. And just suddenly, apparently they think, that I have problems with erections and I get a lot of, uh, <laughs> well, you're solic- in a certain demographic, let's be honest. Well, yeah. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and also I do a character, the love master talks all about his sexual prowess. And apparently they, they, uh, they believe that they should help me, you know, with the uh, growth and, yeah. uh, and girth and everything else. So, no, I mean, seriously though, they do have something down where like, for instance, the coaching, uh, promoting the coaching. Now they, I've got everyone say, this is the way to market. This is the way to market. This is the way not to do it. And then I get caught in these things where you're just going, oh, please cut to the end. I like you already. All right, let's get to the sex. So it's like, <laughs> oh my God, I got to wait, wait. I don't like foreplay. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I get stuck in these things. Yeah. And you can't fast forward and I get stuck. It's just something that we are, a lot of us, that's what we're about right now. And, uh, I, I hope that people see more comedy and just dial that up again. You know, there is a boom though. I did. I will tell you, I was in, I'm going to Naples. Yes. The guy says, uh, I sold out on a Tuesday night the last time. Hey man, sold out on a Tuesday night. I, I was like, check this out. He goes, yeah, don't get high on yourself. We sell that every night. We had to add Mondays. <laughs> so I was like, okay. <laughs> I guess that my little sellout means nothing. Is that's yeah, I guess you could put anybody up there, but uh, I'm going back again. I'm going back then. I'm going to where am I going? Re- oh, the Tampa coming up. Yeah. T- where are you located? We're on the east side of Florida. So we're Daytona Beach area. And actually, I wanted to ask you about the new stuff now because I'm a guy that every morning when I wake up, 
one thing I force myself to do is I read a Tao meditation every day, just force myself to nice. take in that page and really try to absorb it. <laughs> Your latest stuck somewhere between Namaste and kiss my ass. <laughs> years old, uh, a few weeks ago, I totally, totally relate. And it's great now that you're able to be back out on the road and start sharing these stories with people. Before yeah. I let you go, I do want to ask you, you mentioned before the love master who inspired him. Well, that's inspired by, I could give you the secret of who the voice is that you would know both of these people. And some please, people, please. Not, especially the singer, the voice. Oh, I'll tell you how I was inspired. When I was a kid, I was a geek, which if you're doing this for a living, you were too. So uh, just assuming. You think? I was five foot one, 92 pounds in high school. I mean, I'm a big guy now and everything. So people find it hard to believe, but I was a major geek, high voiced, last one at puberty. And the girls would use the F word, friend. I was the friend. <laughs> I invented friend zone. I was friend home. It was, they, you know, girls pee together, the posse pee, when they all have to go together yeah. to the bathroom at the same time, they took me with them. That's what a geek I was. <laughs> so the guy, so the, they'd say, oh, and they'd talk about these guys all the time. And it was always like badass guys. That's who they wanted. And I'm thinking, what about me? And, I, and I'm going, I could be a badass. I'm the love master, baby. Oh, yeah. That's right, baby. I love you so good. Your neighbor will have a smoke, baby. Come on now. <laughs> six feet social distance six feet that's just the tip so anyway <laughs> one of my pandemic uh, lines so the love master was born out of uh again necessity and made a career out of this guy that more people remembered that than my name people have a hard time remembering craig shoemaker for some reason they think it's schumacher and everything I'm like, you make shoes, you don't mock shoes, okay? Unless they're Crocs, those you can mock. No problem. Holes, you know what they're for, so your self-esteem can slip out. <laughs> anyway, the Love Master was born out of necessity because these girls would tell me, basically, I want a badass. I want a guy who's sure of himself that's just walking around, literally leading with, you know. So, <clears throat> but the voice, not many people know this. But it's a combination of Lou Rawls, a sure. singer my uncle used to love, and Tommy Lee Jones. Ah. Just Marshalls. Like, all right, we're going to search every outhouse, whorehouse, and we're looking for Dr. Richard Kimball. I'm the love master, baby. Lou Slow Rawls. Baby love. You've been with me through all of my ups and downs. When you say Budweiser, you said it all. So that's the love master, baby. Yeah. All right. Before I let you go, last one. And I appreciate you mentioning the classes winning with humor. If people want to find out more information, they can go to craigshoemaker.com. You've got your tour schedule on there. The winning with humor classes. That is something that anyone can take, whether you're in comedy or whether whatever you're doing in life, whether you're in business, it's for yourself. Like you said, how you get to know yourself and share yourself better. Yeah. It's, it's something people don't realize that humor and laughter is the greatest joy of all. It's the greatest medicine. It solves so many issues that we have mentally, spiritually, emotionally. If you make people laugh or you laugh with people, period, everything is uplifted. The whole vibration gets uplifted. Problems are solved. Laughter is so great, except what's happening, though, is what's happened for eternity is the people in charge who want you to be a follower, 
they are like anti-comedy. That's why they try to cancel comedians because we tell the truth. They are not interested in that. One of the things that one of the course uh, chapters is truth. Truth is funny. And tell the truth to people to and experience this truth of one another. And the truth does set you free. And we are not free now. We're not. When you're following statistics that uh, corporations put up there for their own agenda, you're, you're a follower. You're not telling the truth. So uh, that's why I love teaching this. And uh, our courses, we're midstream right now, but I also do one-on-ones, which I love. I talked to a client this morning. I have a couple that I have on retainer where this guy's in real estate and another guy actually in Florida, he's the number one mortgage guy in Florida. And one of the reasons is he makes people laugh. Now his presentations are funny, you know, and they, they want to go back to this guy. I was there for his debut a couple of years ago. I went and I flew in. I'm, I'm so proud of him. He came out dancing a really bad dance and people knew this is not the same Matt. Right. And they loved it. And that's who they respond to now. Now everybody has stats and everybody has all those, you know, put up, post-it note on your mirror and all that and all the affirmations. That's yeah, fine. I do laughermations. And I take people to talk about meditation through guided laughitation. And laughitation shifts you into a whole other realm of being, of consciousness, mindfulness, presence. That's what it does. It gets rid of all the fears. Yeah. And the fears are killing us. Yeah, that's it's a breakdown of those walls. Getting rid of those fears. Those fears are the walls. And if you can break those down and be able to get communication between a total stranger, someone you've never met, and yet you can bring a smile to their face, what that brings to your heart then amplifies even more. Good. You should be my co-host. Huh? I'm down for it, Craig. Look, I would love to have you back anytime. I know you're busy this morning and I need to let you go. But again, thank you so much for making time for Gen X.FM. And again, I would love to catch up again very, very soon. Best of luck when you come down to Florida. And again, stuck between Namaste and kiss my ass. Yeah, I get it. That, yeah, you do get it. I love that you get it. And uh, stay in touch, okay? You got my information. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll hang and uh, let's try to get me booked in uh, Daytona or I wherever you I tell you, I've got uh, who's the one club here? Uh, da, 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 um, uh, I've, I've never been Bonkers. there. Bonkers, Bonkers has has a location over here. I can uh, I could reach out absolutely. Yeah, please do, please do tell them I'm interested. I'd love to go there. It's the only market in Florida I've not played. I've played all over Florida. I've not been there. They're Daytona, which is really weird. The yeah. only time I was there was I was passing through on my way back to Philadelphia from Southern Florida yeah. on spring break. And we met three girls. I'll never forget it. Three girls. And I had a friend who was sunburned and very pale, but he's a sunburned guy, right? He's very small and she was really big. And we were with the two hotties and she was, she was with him and she hugs him and she literally, he was lost in her, in her bosoms. <laughs> and she goes, you know, I will never forget this. I still say it to him, get over here, you little red Casper. She called him Little Red Casper. And he's inside of these big boobs, just laughing. And you hear him go smothered. Come here, you Little Red Casper. That's my only time in Daytona. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, Craig, I would love to catch up again. I will reach out to Bonkers, and I'm going to send this uh, to your people to ask for a copy of it so you guys can use it for whatever you need. And I appreciate it. We're going to turn it around, put it in my podcast, use it on Gen X.FM. And again, thank you. I really appreciate the laugh today and just hanging out. Thank you so much. Thank you. Laugh on, everybody. All right. Take care.